You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Are you ready? Let's go! Um, and... You're going to have to go pee again, I know it! Fuck! You're going to have to go pee right away? No, not right away, but just, just but at let, some let's point. have fun at some point. Let's get gay, okay. boys. Let's get let's gay. Get, let's get gay. Hi. Hi. This is Hi. the Girls Podcast. Hi. Nick <laughs> Nick's actually saying hi to us. Hi, Nick. Hi, two Nicks. Um, hi. Hi, who hi, are you? This is me. I'm Jason Black. And uh, this is a podcast about gay. Who are you? Lesbian. I said, I already said I'm Nick Westray. Didn't you hear oh. me? No, no, no. Oh, I'm not listening. Gosh. Okay. This is our first episode, so you're just going to have to <laughs> <laughs> just really work it out with us. Um, uh, this is a podcast about queer fandom of fabulous divas, also known as female performers, also known as um, divas. Yeah, we right? are. We, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we are celebrating all... All divas in all forms, sports, equestrians, scientists, um, archaeologists, come on, everyone you wanted to talk about, we're bringing it to you. You thought we did showbiz, but we do everything. <laughs> we're mainly showbiz focused, but we also do other things sometimes. This is a podcast for LGBTQs and their queens. This is also a podcast for Nubian princesses. This is a podcast for you Aussie theater, musical theater lovers. This is a podcast for the second time for Caucasian Cleopatras. Oh, it, it so is. <laughs> oh, wow. It's, it's a, the, a theme for the girl. An unfortunate theme for the girls. This, a real bad theme. Yeah. This is, um, this is a podcast uh, for writing in the stars. This is a podcast for gay roommates who sing show tunes so loudly you can't get your homework done. Who do we have? Come on. All right. You said it. Who do, who we, do we have? Who do we have? Who do we have? Who do we have? Who do we have? We have Nick Mayo, returning champion. Ding, 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 ding. Um, Hi, baby. Gay roommates who sing so loud you can't get your homework done. That's me. That's were you, you were So you, you were singing. You, you weren't even going to a practice space. You were singing and... Are, um, Nick and Nick were roommates at Interlochen, and our dorm rooms, it was a landing strip. Yeah, it was small. It was small. Te- teeny, teeny, tiny. I never sang full out. <laughs> never sang full out. Oh, lies. Lies Manelli. Lies Manelli. Right there. I also want to say that this is a podcast for Disney princesses. 
<gasps> Disney. I I never think of Aida as a Disney princess, but she is a Disney princess. She's a Disney princess. She's a Nubian Disney princess. I should have thought of that because when I was trying to watch a bootleg of Aida, there was an ad for Disney Plus every three and a half minutes. They're like, yeah. we're not going to tear this bootleg down, but we are going to use it to advertise. So in a lot of ways, this was more like Elsa and Anna, the like two dueling princesses. We've got Amneris and Aida in this. There are two Disney princesses in this Aida. I mean, this was supposed to be an animated Disney princess film. Was it? Yeah. That, or it that's was? how it started. Yeah. Okay, so tell everyone what we're covering. Sorry, we're jumping. Nick, What? who's your diva today? Uh, our di- our divas today are the divas of Aida, the musical, the Elton John, Tim Rice, 2000, Disney Broadway musical, Aida. Starring Heather Headley and Sherry Renee motherfucking Scott. Yes. So excited. I've been trying to pressure and I was like, Nick, Nick, baby, we've got to do a Broadway diva. And it's like, we've done Audra McDonald. We've done Audra McDonald. I was like, I want more. We did Patty Lapone. We did Patty Lapone. You can uh, go back. You can find those episodes. They're uh, streaming on all platforms where podcasts like, are free. You can download, like, rate, review, listen. and subscribe. Um, but I wanted to do something. I really wanted to do something from the wholesale cloth of a musical and get into it. Mm, and one. this is fun. And then, of course, uh, and then Nick mentions you. And I was like, well, I can get down with this. And now, Nick, what makes you a fan? Like, how can you prove your fan bona fides to people who are like listening to this podcast? And be like, mm, I wonder if he's a fan, a real fan. That's a really subtle way to tee it up, Nick. Yeah, yeah, stop. yeah. No, there's we, we have invited Elton John and Tim Rice and a horde twelve of hardcore Aida stands. So here, make your case right off the bat. That, we have, prove yourself. Um, that prove yourself. <laughs> um, okay, so in 2000, uh, I was dating a lovely gentleman named Anthony Cranny, who was um, a performer on a cruise ship. And I knew that all I needed to do was graduate high school so I could go and join my boyfriend, Anthony, on the cruise ship and be a cruise ship performer. Uh, he set the bar real high. He was a lovely, very, very handsome uh, very man handsome, from yes. Texas. And so we decided that it would be a good time for us to take a trip to New York together. I was about to go off to Interlochen. Um, I had just finished my sophomore year. It was time for us to take a trip to New York together. And we stayed in Astoria. And and I don't think there was a bed. I think we slept on an air mattress in Astoria. Um, and then we went into the city to see this really cool musical, this new Disney musical that both of us were excited about, Aida. I had no clue what was going to happen to me, but that night my life was transformed. Um, sitting in the, no, 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 we weren't in the front row. We were like in the, we were, had good seats in like the middle. Um, and I saw the show curtain with this beautiful Egyptian eye that was displayed upon it. And then we went down a path. Two little star-crossed lovers, me and Anthony Cranny, bawling our eyes out watching this musical Aida. Um, fell completely in love, went back to TKTS and saw it the next day again, and then waited outside the stage door to meet all the people. And we just like fell in love with this musical. And I proceeded to buy the album at Colony and play it, play it, play it like crazy on my What's Colony? 
Colony, mu- Colony Music in, in Times Square. It's now gone. It is now a Dwayne Reed, but it used to be the place yeah. where we would get sheet music and tapes and CDs. And all the sheet music, all the vocal selections. It was like where all every Broadway gay would go. It was on 50th Street in Broadway. Oh, it was amazing. But I fell in love with this musical and this man at the same time. And we just like fell, fell deep crying bawling bawling went back and saw it stage doored and then we you know leave new york after having this wonderful trip and i get back to texas and i think i need to mark that experience because that was truly altering so i'm going to alter myself so of course what any nice little gay texan boy does is get a good old tattoo um (laughs) so i took myself to a roadside joint between san antonio texas and corpus christi where someone would give a 15, 16-year-old a tattoo, I used my fake ID and I showed him a picture from the playbill of Aida of the oh. Egyptian eye that I wanted this nice um, gentleman to... This is some to... gay shit. This is not appropriate for children. <laughs> Did you I go by gay... yourself? This is the no, gay agenda. I went, I went with Josh McMillan, who got his tongue pierced while I got uh, my <laughs> uh, tattoo. Well, anyway. mistakes were made. So I got an Aida tattoo on my hip, um, and I thought when I went in that it would be a nice little, um, very skeletal, very simple um, Egyptian eye like it was exactly on the Aida show curtain. Um, This guy was a creative type, and he wanted to make it special. So he asked if he could be creative, and I said, sure. (laughs) And he proceeded to make it color. Um, and put a giant pink Wait. triangle around it. So not only Wait. was it the Egyptian eye, but and I had a pink triangle around it. It was giant, about the size of my palm on my hip, and it was my Anthony Cranny Aida tattoo. Wait, but did you know like it was going to be colored? Hip, like, um, like by his, like right above his pubes. Yeah. Did you yeah, know yeah. it was going to be colored? I didn't go in, but I left with color. That's how impressionable I am. I just uh, left this sh- nice gentleman talked me into it and when we became roommates he showed me this tattoo within i think three or four minutes of meeting him i did because i wanted to let you know that it was still healing (laughs) (laughs) if you were wearing pants say and not a shirt could was it visible it was visible. It would peek out of the top of my swimsuit. It would peek out of the top of my jerbo jeans. I wasn't wearing jerbos then. Um, but it would. Uh, it was definitely strategically placed. And I would kind of pull my pants down to make sure that it was visible. So that's how hardcore of a fan I am. I got an Aida tattoo after seeing this musical twice with uh-huh. Anthony Cranny. I'm sorry. Okay, I have to ask. I have pod. to ask. I have to ask because it just keeps running through my head. Have you met Anthony Cranny's granny? (laughs) (laughs) It was running through my head for two minutes. I couldn't stop saying it. And if it didn't come out, I was going to die. You don't actually have to answer it. I just had to say it out loud because it was making me sick. (laughs) I didn't meet Anthony Cranny's granny, but I did meet... No, I didn't meet anyone else in his family. Okay. Just Anthony. Just Anthony. Just Anthony. We ask important questions here that lead to We're important journalists. answers. We're journalists. So yeah, I'm obsessed with this. I'm obsessed with this musical um, so much as that I will. I will mark my body with it. It's uh, also crazy that you have because so I want to talk about origins about how we fall. So you fell in love with the musical 
without just by seeing it. Mm-hmm. You didn't even know. Because my relationships is not with a lover or seeing it. It's with mowing the lawn and be and rocking my gay boy heart out in the summer. It's the, a really good album to original mow Broadway to. cast soundtrack, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't even, I didn't even, I, I don't think I ever really even knew what the story was for like a decade. Yeah. You, you know, you know, when you listen to um, album recordings, like you just get that, there's usually not so much information all the time. There wasn't the internet. Well, mm-hmm. well, see, this is where I was different with my, like with my origins of Broadway albums. My favorite thing to do, and I did it to prepare for this, because this really was not my musical at the time. My origin, my origin is Nick singing these songs constantly. Mm-hmm. He would sing the songs constantly. Were these was acapella? Of, was it acapella? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. And yeah. maybe sometimes just one phrase from the same song, but maybe like 90 to 150 times in an afternoon. I don't I know what you're talking the same about. phrase over and over <laughs> again. And so it became one of those things, you know, Jay and I often talk about, sometimes we talk about Bette Midler so much that we alienate people. This mm-hmm. was something that alienated me from this musical <laughs> for a long time. Because Nick it. sang it so much. But then, but I have always liked it and appreciated it and love Heather Headley and Sherry Renee Scott so much. But to prepare for this episode, I did my old fashioned thing, which is, I got the lyric book online. I got it right up. And then I now had the Wikipedia of the whole plot and listened through the whole thing. And when I was a kid, I used to do that. I would have the lyric book open and try to figure out what everything meant and just listen to like, I remember doing that for Miss Saigon and being like, I'm going to figure out who this guy who sings Boy Doy is because I have no idea. And I never really figured it out because that plot is terrible, but... Yeah, very it, it, problematic, Miss Saigon. I actually found this ending of Aida and Miss Saigon to be some bummers. Yeah, this has a Real lot of bummers. misogynistic par- parallels with Miss Saigon. Well, they yeah. also die. <laughs> I mean, they end on just death. I know, and it breaks your heart and makes you cry. Breaks your heart and makes you cry. Um, uh, both Nicks. What? So, what were your? What were your? Um, quick, your musical. Uh, album revelations growing up that you would just okay, so this play is, I, like yeah I came to Aida well lubed with the rink um, with Liza Minnelli and Cheetah Rivera <laughs> turns out I love two very powerful women singing at each other so for me like yeah, the you rink, did love the rink I listened to the rink last night um, Liza Minnelli, Cheetah Rivera Candor and Ebb, book by Terrence McNally um, with a little co-star appearance by Jason Alexander, I fell in love with the rink because I love women and two women singing at each other, yelling at each other, uh, fighting with each other in combination with each other. Oh, I loved it. It's why I love Sideshow. It's why I love Aida. It started with the rink. For me, 100% the rink. And for my ninth birthday, I got a Betamax bootleg of it and I wore it out. Um we- so that was I mean, my we origin. Always, always sang sideshow together too. Nick and I loved. I jam. love sideshow. Yeah. Even now, side when we go on a road one. trip, we will fucking jam out and scream at each other on a sideshow sing along. Yeah, because women are the best singers, and then you put two like equally powerhouse women. Even though Liza's voice way overpowered Cheetah's, Cheetah's dancing way overpowered Liza's. But it was this like I love two women singing to each other and and mm. being on stage together. So mine was, you asked the origin, when was my first cast album? My relationship was uh, Liza Minnelli and Cheetah Rivera in the rink. I wish you would have gotten the rink tattoo. Well, it would have been much simpler. Just maybe a (laughs) skate. 
Just a circle. <laughs> a circle. You can turn on your other hip. You got oh, two there's hips. Still ta- there's still time. <laughs> there's loads of room. You're in Texas. Hey, <laughs> what do you call me? T- <laughs> there's loads of room. You call me Tubby? <laughs> no, but what uh-huh. you should do, which I want to get an ankle um, wraparound of seasons. I already have a jack-o'-lantern and then I, you know, just, just wrap it around. So you could do, so that'll be an anklet, but you could do a belt. You're trying to make you're trying to give me a musical <laughs> just, theater belt? Musical theater belt. Call it my dance belt. Um West Ray, what was your what was your origin album? I mean, well, and this is connected to this. Of course, I like every other good 13-year-old in 1996 was pretty obsessed with a little musical called Rent. <laughs> like yeah. it was my everything. It was my guiding star. It was my moon, my sun, my ocean. It was my whole life. But um, also huge ones for me were Miss Saigon and uh, Falsetto Land. Falsetto Land was a huge one for me. I was like, these are gay people. This is what gay people are like in New York. I need, to, mm-hmm. And I would make jokes from Falsetto Land, like these very, very urban, upper-class Jewish jokes that had nothing to do with anything that was happening in my situation. And people would think I was the fucking craziest. But I loved no. that show so much. I yeah, feel like I that, yeah. I relate to falsettos to you, Nick. Yeah. That's what about word. you, Jay? What was what was yours? So yes, Gateway Drug was Rent, um, of course, like everyone's, and and then I think my two, my two probably well, like yeah, all of these are kind of it. Aida was one. Um, uh, uh, Sideshow was one. I would say my two would be uh, Racktime, that double disc, honey. Ooh. Double disc of fun. And then Once on this Island really, really changed my life. You yeah. were a Once on this Island queen. Oh, and we Once saw, on this Island queen. Jay and I saw both Rent and Ragtime together live in Chicago. And when mm. we saw Ragtime, it was with our good friend Barbara Walsh was wow. mother. And she was amazing. But you didn't run and get a Ragtime tattoo. We did. Well, we were little. We were probably 12. But we still could have. We still absolutely could have. I we're going to get little ones that said New Rochelle, New York, just a sign. My mom said, asses. my mom said after rent, you know, I wonder if they didn't believe in every day, but today they wouldn't have been in this mess. <laughs> I was like, uh, that's a read. So we all three, we all three have Aida. We all three have Miss Saigon because Miss Saigon was definitely, definitely one that I pulled out the the lyric sheet, followed along with, mm-hmm. um, loved, loved that album. Sideshow, too. I think we all have Sideshow. Sideshow is... <sighs> and talk about women singing together. To have yeah. them, to give them like two just blow the house out numbers two. was so thrilling. Seven. I mean, yeah, but I'm saying like the two, you know, the two big, the two big duets sure. that they have. Oh yeah, uh, the but, iconic but ones. There's so many more. Like why oh, don't there's you so leave many me more. alone? We'll need to. We need to do a sideshow episode. We'll have you back for a sideshow episode. Great, I'll be right back. If anyone's wondering, also Nick Mayo was on our beaches episode last summer. He's a summer guest, and you can also just scroll up in your whatever little podcast feed you have. Download that episode. Listen to it. It's epic. Yeah, it's it a, is. Um, that was that was. I remember that that was one of my favorite days in a long time. Just like finally getting to do that. The three of us sit down and talk about our shared love of bet and beaches. Oh. I, I have a little bit of 
trepidation to the I I I I one thing I maybe would have taken back is me saying that Hillary was an had an ashtray mouth. Ashtray. And I, and I, I would think, oh god, that was disrespectful. Like I shouldn't have said that. Um, but it was fabulous. It was good. It was I, good. So I want to talk. I think I think it's so interesting though about you know with albums that shape a musical theater albums that shape our lives because it's like. It's kind of uh, just listening to the album is like reading a book. You you create everything. You know, you get the words and then you create the world. And that was mm. the same thing. I got to live in this in, in the world that I kind of created without seeing it. You know, it was mm. I, I got the I got a story, but uh, I had to kind of fill in everything else. And for Nick and I, we just watched like we said this bootleg version of it on YouTube, and it was totally a different experience. Yeah. I would use the term disappointing. Oh. oh no. no, no. I had the opposite experience, though, obviously, sitting there with Anthony Cranny watching it. And so listening to the album brought me back to the because I thought that I thought the set was glorious. I thought the lighting was glorious. I thought the costumes were glorious. I just fell in love. And I knew the opera because we used to listen to opera every Saturday, the Texaco opera. So I knew the opera. I knew the story. I knew it was coming. But to see it, um, I loved it. I loved that. I So me listening to the album just brought me back to, A, Anthony Cranny and his sweetness and his cuteness. Um, but that whole experience of discovering the the show, I loved it. I thought it was so great. I also so, think about doing something at that age. You, it is so impressionable. Like the th- like when we were naming some of our albums, and we all have more musicals. There is something about for me that they're still kind of untouchable. Like they're still kind of don't. I, I don't. I can still revisit them. And I re- I went through a musical phase during this COVID time for comfort and warmth. I'm like, wow, this whole thing still kind of works. Like I was able to have these precious moments before the world was too much. Yeah. And, and in fact, was... and in fact, I don't really have, after that, I, I still listen to musicals, but I haven't really ever been able to attach myself the way I was at that young age. Like I, I, that's... I I think it also, I think it has to do with like the emotions. I think that when you're, you know, like going through puberty and just after puberty and then having like first love and all this stuff, like your emotions are running so high and like the voices of people like Leia Salonga and Emily Skinner and Sherry Renee Scott and Audra McDonald, they're so emotional and expressive and these, they're so dramatic. Like the drama that you think that you are in, in your teens mirrors yes. the drama that the musicals are giving you. I totally agree yes. with that. Yes. 100%. I think, I know that if it weren't for musical out cast albums, that I would be more of a wreck than I am. <laughs> um, I, I worked out so much angst, so much hurt, so much teen puberty confusion by listening to the rink. So like, if I needed to, if I got in a fight with my dad or my mom, I would go and listen to the rink and belt out the rink because it was about a mother daughter. So I could, I had a lens, I had an outlet. Anthony Cranny, if I needed, for, for whatever reason, Anthony and I became Rodimaze and Aida. It was this, we weren't, we were two Texas queens who were, you know, in the early 2000s, careful about how we expressed ourselves. So it felt like if ever I felt, you know, you know, repressed in, in my sexuality or in my culture or in my region, I would relate to the characters. What Kim and Miss Saigon, I was like, ooh, I, 
I want to love something as much as Kim loves her child. I want to fight for something. I want to, all of that angst was worked out through the lens of cast albums. Um, and I, I don't understand what people do through puberty when they don't have a Broadway cast album. Well, this is what and I was like, going to say. I think they do like rock and punk and like, and I don't no. know, Blink-182. I think they, they had bash, but for us gay boys, just opening up your lungs and sustaining some of those epic long notes was just mm-hmm. all you needed to do to cleanse yourself. Yeah, I okay, mean, so- let, let's get into these notes. Let's get into these fucking tunes. Nick, how does it start? Because this musical. is pretty, I love the start of this. Okay, so the start of this musical is amazing. You see the show curtain, right? With the, with the Egyptian eye, which was then put on my hip. Um, so you're sitting in a dark theater and, the, and the, it, this beautiful uh, hieroglyphic Egyptian eye is on the show curtain. It kind of twinkles. It looks like stars. Hold on to stars because we'll get back to stars in a minute later in the story. So the show curtain's there and you start to hear the beginning openings. Drum, 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 very Disney. And the show curtain goes up and then you're like, wait a minute, I'm in a museum. And everyone looks like they're wearing Gap clothes from like a 1999 Gap ad. They're all in khakis and white shirts and open-toed, you know, those sandals that, you know, um, so you're a little bit confused. And then there's patrons walking around this museum. And you see that it's obviously like the Egyptian museum, uh, the Egyptian wing of the Met. And then you see people meandering. And right there, you see a big, big princess, a, you know, an Egyptian a matriarch, m- monarch standing there in this red gown. But you think it's a statue. And they're all roaming around. And then enter Heather Headley from behind the back. And you know that you've seen your star because they light her really well and she just lights from within. And you see these two, then Rodimaze enters, who's, but they're all in normal, <laughs> modern dress clothes. They cross each other downstage and they have a little moment of like, I think I know you. Oh, I know you from somewhere. And then they keep crossing. <laughs> shivers. Then, I'm getting shivers. <laughs> So they find that they've known each other in past ancient lives, right? They're crossing, but they might actually be star-crossed. They are star-crossing lovers. (laughs) You don't get that from the album, people. In contemporary outfits. And then who is the Caucasian Cleopatra in the glass box? Caucasian enter Sharon A. Scott as the Caucasian Cleopatra in the glass box. Who sings? Saga or romance, whether true or fabricated, whether planned or happenstance. Whether sweeping through the ages. Casting centuries aside Or a hurried brief recital Just a 30-minute ride Where the bridal melancholy Rough and ready Or a lonely cast of one. 
every story new or ancient bagatelle or work of art all our tales of human failing all our tales of love Um, she sings that from within a glass box. You're like, oh, that statue came alive. It turned around. It's Caucasian princess Sharon A. Scott. And she starts singing within a glass box. And you know you're off to the races. Then some patron. Oh, no. Patrons don't open it. She pushes the glass open. And, and then it gets rock. And then the rock. This is when the rock. Da, da, da. And then it shifts. She comes down stage. This is the story of a love that flourished in a time of hate. Of lovers, now tyranny could separate. Love set into motion on the Nile shore. Destiny ignited by an act of war. Egypt saw the mighty river as its very heart and soul. Source of life for all her people. No tyranny could separate. This is my favorite um, thing is to prove something by just reciting the exact lyrics of the <laughs> we, song. We do it on like, albums no. all the time. Yeah, we do it on this Love box. set into motion the on the <laughs> Nile shore. <laughs> <laughs> on the Nile shore. And then we get into us. We get into like a whole bunch of white men come out. You know what? To be Egyptians, but you know what? They couldn't do that they because they're like the people. They're like, listen, our people still believe Jesus. <laughs> was an anglo-saxon we gotta just keep we just gotta keep this fallacy going i'm sorry it was it's rough seeing that though it's like it's so rough it's so rough but it's of a time they're so it's a little time it's a time capsule it's Um, such an interesting thing like up until that gods like what was that the christian bale one where he did the moses pharaoh story gods and exodus exodus gods and monsters so christian bale is obviously a him and we're not for hymns on this podcast but up until like then which was like five years ago they were like still if they're egyptians we should cast some white british people yeah no way ben kingsley ben kingsley not egyptian guys also i'm just gonna i just have to say it's like because of shit like this, like loads of Middle Eastern American actors didn't have that chance to be on Broadway. And it's just fucked up and crazy and been going on for fucking ever. But also anyway, this, this comes on the heels for its totally. It comes on the heels of Disney. This is post Lion King, right? So it's good right. to know that Disney did Beauty and the Beast to great success. Then did right. Lion King to greater success with Elton John and Tim Heather Rice. He- and starring Heather Headley. Heather Headley singing Shadowlands, um, which is, if you haven't listened to her sing that, you Iconic. need to listen to her sing that. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's this. So we take Disney takes a little step back in terms of its integrity during this. Well, well like I was saying, Disney wanted to, they were trying to get Elton John and Tim Rice to do another musical. And Elton John was like, I actually don't want to do an animated musical. And so this kind of started in 1998 where they kind of wrote a rough draft of this and performed it actually on the Disney lot. Um, wow. And Sherry Renee Scott has been, it was attached since then. 
she was has been she was attached to this for years working yeah. as as our white um queen of egypt and nick I, told me what its original title was so here's mm-hmm. a little story called it did two out of towns right one in atlanta at the alliance and one in chicago at the cadillac is that the name of that theater the wow. yeah 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 i love in chicago um, so it did it was at the alliance and when it was at the alliance it was called elaborate lives Oh, um, I'm so glad they changed that title. And it, it was, was like, Heather... is it a sequel to Private Lives? <laughs> it was Heather Headley and Cherry Renee Scott, but a different Rodemaze. So, um, old Adam. Well, because Pas- you couldn't get you couldn't get Adam pa- Adam Pascal because of Rent yeah. was like the it boy on Broadway, and he yeah. is so fucking nineties. He, I also when I was watching so this this fucking did you say so I cute? I was like, this is what Nick Mayo wanted to look like. He has that pushed forward bleach blonde mm-hmm. hair with loads of gel. He mm-hmm. has that Egyptian eye tattoo right on his bicep. Little and Nick eyeliner. saw that and he was like, I need to be that. Doesn't it dude. look like, doesn't it look like he like, right right before he go on stage, he would take off his puka shell necklace. He's like, hold this. I'm putting it right back on when I come. <laughs> Let me tell you, I was the puka shell. I was the puka shell goddess. So yes. They're back. We- they're back. They're back. I have multiple puka shell necklaces. Is now. <laughs> I want to. I want one. I need to go get one. Um, it get was back into it. It was the Cadillac in 1999. So um, also, well, we, we, I don't need to go into. We don't need to talk about its history. But anyway, back to the fact that enter all these um, very Caucasian men pretending to be Egyptian with arrows, and they're like, because she starts. Sherry Renee, the the Caucasian Egyptian princess, says, "Love set into motion on the Nile shore, destiny ignited by an act of war." Or oh oh oh, oh scene train. <laughs> okay, you guys just Shit. gotta hold on. Nick is gonna read us Shit. the whole lyric book. Shit. <laughs> Save for the Patreons because if you think he can still do it. The test will be set. <laughs> um, get ready. I mean, get ready. I could sing the whole thing. Nick knows. Um, so the, all these Caucasian men come in and it's like, ooh, we're at war. We're, we're at war. We're Egyptians. And we're, we, we do choreography by Wang Salento and we dance. And Don't um, love this choreo. I, ha- I no, don't. No, I'm not this. in love with the choreo. This choreo I am in love was- with this choreo. It was like walk the- stage left, walk, so you love it? Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then the so then, boom, so, boom. Okay, we can, okay. Boom. There's some Janet Jackson moves in there. There's yeah. some, they're picking up and some. And so then Aida comes in. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay, now Diva. Now we're doing we another the Diva. diva? So you see all these like angsty Egyptian men fighting with each other. And it's like, oh, the region is torn apart. Um, and then enter Heather Headley. Yep. In a, in a, um, She's not in purple at this point. Um, but yeah, she in this, is. She's in purple? Is she yeah. in the purple dress here? She mm-hmm. pretty much stays in the purple dress the whole she's time. She's in the purple dress pretty much the whole time. And then yeah. she gets in that black dress. So, yeah. ooh, the black dress for um, uh, for um, Easy as a Life. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get to that. Uh, so, anyways, she enters, and she's singing about, like, the past is another land. Hence, I love three. this song. I love oh, this song. it's gorgeous. <laughs> It's now another land Far beyond my reach Invaded by insidious Foreign bodies Foreign speech Where the timeless joys of childhood Lie broken on the beach 
present is an empty space between the good and the bad. A moment leading nowhere, too pointless to be sad. But time enough to lay to waste every certainty I And also, within 10 minutes of meeting your leading Disney princess, Heather Headley, you realize that you're in the best acting hands ever. She is She's such a good actor. A remarkable actress and a voice like no one has ever heard. There's a quality to it that always feels like a cry. It feels um, she's so perfectly cast as a Trinidadian actress with this like beautiful cry, sigh voice. She basically tells you in the song, she tells you in the song, like, my past is behind me. I can't, the past is gone. I don't, I can't even remember where my past is. It's an other foreign land. Um, My future, my potential, my life is gone because you realize she's a slave, a Nubian slave. The future is a barren world from which I can't return. Both heartless and material It's a wretched spoils, not my concern Shining like an evil sun As my toil to treasures burn Shining like an evil sun Well, it's the ultimate I want song. You know, you always think yeah. of these Disney princesses starting the musical with an I want song. Mm-hmm. And she it's the ultimate one because it's like I want liberation for my people and myself from fucking bondage. And That's wait, we I gotta want. we gotta do some Heather real quick because I have you have you all seen this that documentary um about the chorus line when they did the remake? They did it, they did a whole documentary about the audition process. Yeah, I, I don't know why I've rewatched it so many times. I just recently rewatched it and I just had this intense fantasy of being in the room when Heather Headley walks in, you know, when she's maybe auditioning for the Lion King, which she originated on Broadway. Um, I just, can you imagine being in that Dis- room discovering and discovering that. her? I mean, it would, I would, I would just throw the papers up. I'd be like, we have, for, you know, this, it, it was probably for these people's the greatest um, thing that they got got to have well it's the same thing jay that happened with that you saw that documentary on miss saigon where they first discover leia salonga and she walks in and you hear all the auditions leading up to her and it's like people trying their best and you know that's such an amazing documentary of the making of miss saigon and then leia salonga enters and everyone just goes oh shit and it's like the lights shift and you see you see that i it's the same thing with heather headley i can't imagine her walking mm-hmm. in and opening that gorgeous mouth that one of the most expressive it's like she has 10 more teeth than every other human because she's just an instrument built a trumpet built for singing this mm-hmm. mouth this instrument is so gorgeous to hear her open that and that sound come out 
Um, it's one of a kind. Not. I mean, it's like, I, I know that's like such a basic thing to say, but it's just once in a lifetime voice, once in a lifetime presence, once in a lifetime role, this role, her, everything combined. This is what I want to talk about. It's just, it's just, it's like, I, I, I kept thinking, listening to this, if I love Heather Headley, I want to do everything in the world. But if we have this, if we have this, um, uh, this, this moment in time, like this is everything. This is all I ever need because it's so she's also great she's so great in these scenes too like watching that bootleg the scenes <laughs> between her and adam pascal like she actually they actually make you believe what is kind of a very clunky kind of story of like That's oh slave master and the slave falls in love with the enslaved woman falls in love with her master and like this whole idea which is a trope that is kind of fucked up like mm-hmm. she's such a good actor like they were it somehow you makes you buy this. You know what? Because I think she's so present and alive, she makes that character always seem in control, always seem to have power and understanding how to work the situation, which mm-hmm. then kind of you're able to, because of that, I was able to give more over to the love affair that was happening because I believed that she, uh, yeah. Because she's a Nubian princess. It's almost like it's an alliance it becomes. It becomes like this weird alliance and these power dynamics between the two of them become almost like, um, uh, it becomes strategic in a way. It's so, I'm so glad you said that, Jason, because it's like, when do you get your, you know, the, the princess who is now enslaved, right? So when you talk about her strength and being like, oh no, she's not, She's not crying about her her circumstances of having been formerly the Nubian princess who is now a, in slavery. She is um, she is called like she is fueled by her power, her regal, her royal blood. She knows that she represents a a people. Um, so when you meet her, you feel that strength of a princess and the the I want of a slave, right? Of, of her of this I want out. I this call out. Um, but I always felt in such. I'm just in love with strong women. I've always it's, it goes back to you know the rink. It goes back to Miss Saigon to watch this woman stand strongly and sing and not move and have tears running down her face by the end of the song. You go. I want to watch her. I want to watch her figure this out. She's going to figure this out. I want to see how it happens. So in early on in a very flawed, yes, very flawed musical, you watch an actress say, watch me figure this out. I'm going to figure mm. this out. Um, which mm-hmm. to me, it's like, I'm in. I don't know. And I never saw anyone other than Heather Headley do it. Um, I've seen tons of YouTubes and and videos of other people doing it. But I can't imagine having the experience that I had with Aida if it wasn't for her in song number three of the musical saying uh, to me, watch me figure this out. Um, and I loved it. I loved well, it. Listen, Speaking of song number three, okay. we got to keep moving. And Cause it. here we go. We're going to get to our other, now this, this is, this probably was the song for me that, that I, that, that hooked me into this musical where I, and I probably had to repeat, you know how you have to repeat on your CD multiple times mm-hmm. to really get it in your blood. This was my repeat. This was my first real, this is the gayest. This is absolutely one of the gayest. Really? What? My strongest Another... suit? 
No, oh, no, no. Honey, we're doing on... diva jumping. We're deep, we're diva jumping. Diva we're jumping. Doing... So we're going through all the boys songs. No, no hymn songs. Pyramid. No hymn songs. No how I know we're you. We're not talking about any hymn songs. No. Oh, hymns. good because I don't like them. Yeah. So if you can't follow the plot, just get a go to Wikipedia. Um, so talk yes. to me. So, talk to me, Jay, so... about strongest suit. What do you mean? What is there to say? I mean, I wish this was. I wish this was uh, pumping from every dance dance hall I, I could go to at fourteen. Dance I mean, hall. I'm mowing my lawn, and I'm just like, absolutely, I want, I want stripes, I want polka dots, I want big hats. Oh, when you watch this, this is really fun. The big, they really do do some big hat design on this number, and they do There's a, a runway. Whole fashion show. There's a whole fashion. There's a whole yeah Egyptian fashion show. This is the Caucasian Cleopatra who Aida has to become her handmaiden. And it's Sherry Renee Scott, who, what had Sherry Renee done before this? She you know what? Done... You know what? She, she, re, she was the replacement for Marine in, the, in Rent in 1997. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. And but then she, she was just like got a new... to this. And this was her first big starring role, right? I, yes. I think this was like her yeah. first real big moment. Um, but she's speaking of amazing actresses with humongous, wonderful instruments. Like the combination of Sherry Renee Scott and Heather Headley is almost too much to bear because it's so good. It's so good. Oh, now I believe in looking like my time on earth is cooking where the polka dotted striped or even checked. With some glamour guaranteeing Every fiber of my being Is displayed to quite remarkable effect From your cradle via trousseau To your deathbed you're on view So never compromise except no substitute I would than conservative apparel for a dress has always been my strongest suit Yeah, it reminds me of Bet's number in Oliver and Company. Yes. You know, it's like a bit of a, like, I'm in my boudoir. I'm just talking about how I'm shallow and I like to look pretty. You know, I, yeah. that kind of. I also could see Bet opening on this because of, because it keeps building and then it gets to vamp a little bit and they get to do, she gets to do some patter and then she gets to pick it back up and then pick it back up again. You know, like this yeah. song doesn't end and I'm so here for it. 
I've she's... always I've always felt like Sherry Renee would be a great person to cover bet music. Like I would love to hear a Sherry Renee Scott Delta Dawn. Like I, I feel like she has that like high belt and she has that like emotion. she has that ease and the softness and emotion, but can still like fucking crank it out there too. Yep. I love her voice. And the comedy. And the comedy. Like she's so, so funny. Stinking funny. And she's really funny in this role playing this sort of vapid, lost um princess like this lost you know the, heather headley the 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 enslaved former nubian princess has all the strength and you watch uh amneris is uh the old uh sherry renee try to learn strength from her handmaid the strongest suit is just so stinking fun because she just throws out everything and is just silly did you but, mow your lawn to this jay oh yes i did and i think that a way for me to wear my pride and my... Once I hit interlocking, you couldn't get me out of a skirt. I was like exchanging everything with um, uh, Kate Ferguson for a slip to wear. You know, yes. I mean, it was a way that I was able to own my creativity and my queerness. It still is. It's all um, looks of, you know, as <laughs> have always been a part of my life. Uh, and has always been kind of a, one, one of the parts that I feel pretty... Would you say it's been your strongest suit? It's been my strongest suit. It's been my fucking strongest... <laughs> I literally brought... I bought like a dead woman suit last time Nick and I were in Palm Springs. And I looked at it and I was, like, I was like, well... And you I, wore it to dinner. I literally put it on <laughs> within an hour and I wore that suit. Mm-hmm. So, so I actually find like, yes, I get that it's saying that like, you know, when women don't have any power, the power that they have is in fashion and what they look like. But I Being also pretty. really... Being pretty, but I also really do think that there is strength in in fashion and um, kind of owning owning your own creativity. I love this song on so many levels, so many levels, and I cannot wait to talk about the reprise. Ooh, well, I can't wait to talk about the next song because this is one of my favorites. What is it, girl? It's called Enchantment Passing Through. And it is the one that for Nick Mayo, this is the tattoo he should have gotten down his forearm, which it has the quote. You talk as though you've been enslaved. If you don't like your fate, change it. You are your own master. There are no shackles on you. So don't expect any pity or understanding from this humble palace slave. He would say that to me all the time. When you'd be like bitching, when you'd be like bitching about something. I feel like that's yeah, a he would, great he would, he'd be like, he'd be like, ugh, I just really feel like I don't want to, I don't want to do to this class. And this teacher is always giving us more homework. And I just don't, can't feel like I keep up with it. And I'm in all these advanced classes and I'm so smart and I'm so good, but I can't keep up. And I'd be like, Nick, if you don't like your fate, Change, change it. It. <laughs> it was like it was like Nick had this. It was like Aida was like a full self help book for Nick Mayo. One hundred percent, like a guide to life. Do you also I know sk- what like I think about these recordings? Is what I can ever really do is a revival recordings of things because the the line just the line readings alone are so stamped into my brain. I really don't have the capacity mm. to hear it any way else. Like, like the, the, every, like, as you, as you know, Nick, every note you is true, rings true to you and you're ready for it. So when they fuck it around and like, just when they, you know, even if it's excellent, I, I just love that idea how we are become so attached to, 
knowing something so yeah the yeah. line knowing it so intimately that this is our definitive version it's also kind of really exciting too like when we used to go my sister and i and a bunch of friends of ours used to go on the road and follow rent around and go and mm -hmm. see it in different places and when people would do something so different right uh, like it would be really thrilling you'd be like oh you could do it that way too you don't just have to copy the exact same way yeah, Adina Menzel did it every time. Yeah. You know, like I would have loved to see Sherry Renee Scott and Ren. I bet it was fucking. Terrific. I bet it was terrific. Oh, yeah, I don't so want anyone to to do anything but what Heather did with this, um, because <laughs> I don't want any. I, you mean we can talk about all the divas who took over from Miss Headley after she abruptly, not abruptly, after she quickly left to go on to wonderful prospects of her recording career. Her recording yes. career. She kind of exploded after she won the Tony Award. But it was like Deborah Cox. It was Tony Braxton. It was mm. um uh, uh the one I really wanted to see was Simone. Simone. Who's Nina Simone's daughter who I saw do rent. Yo, which so, is one of the best performances I've ever so seen. So here's in my the tea life. here's the last part of the tea is that when it started in ninety six, Simone was originally Aida. She what? was the original really? Aida. What? Simone is amazing. Well, Simone did the first tour and won a bunch of touring awards with it, too. And she's uh, amazing. Also, if you guys haven't watched the Nina Simone documentary on Netflix, What Happened, Miss Simone? Simone, her daughter, is in it a lot. And it's a great doc. Well, Ooh, so now we're getting that. to our reprise, which I which I was just texting you, you, you gay boys, mm -hmm. that I was crying at. I do. I this is not the first cry at the at this line reading that Heather does at the end that just will send chills down your fucking body um, where she just tells you, tells you, tells to your soul, never underestimate yourself. That a life of great potential is dismissed inconsequential and only ever seen as being cute so i'll flutter to deceive oh, no no you must believe that one day you're bound to find a stronger suit I don't know who doesn't need that message right now. Yeah. It's such a moment of sisterhood too in the, in the musical, which I love. The I other best thing about this reprise when you watch it on the bootleg is she's brushing Heather her Headley. hair. She's brushing the very bottom of her really <laughs> long wig, like kind of pretending. Cause you know that that wig person was like, if you fucking touch this with that brush, <laughs> poor Heather Headley's trying to like hide behind Sherry Renee Scott and pretend like she's brushing her hair. It's my favorite thing. Um, uh, can we she also can... uses the language that a life of great potential <laughs> is dismissed, inconsequential, and only ever seen as looking cute. I mean, she's having some realizations <laughs> in this song. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jay. I'm killing you. No, you're okay, not. We got... You're amazing. You're, it's amazing. This is why, this is why we had the you next, on. Um, the next song is also one of my favorite songs. Oh, the I Dance wanted to skip this one. You skip Ooh. the dance of the robes? I yeah, okay, cut this. But I, I there's two Heather Headley songs that I skip, and I think you both are going to be upset by them. I'm deeply upset. I'm not going to cut it. I'm going to let oh. everyone know. Oh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to cut. I'm not going to cut the dance of the robes. Well, it's I didn't think phenomenal. you would. Cut it. I know expectations are wise, and I'm mostly on my fulfillment, but they won't hear. 
then of course we have the most iconic well one of the two most iconic love songs in the show what the original title well don't don't skip (laughs) not me because i love not me and that's when all three get to come and do a threat well that's after elaborate lives though isn't it no no not me is before elaborate lives oh okay and they get to do what i wrote down for not me i was like this this song is really not for me is what i wrote i like not me i love not me and i love that they're all these voices are blending in and out and and, in building the narrative i love also a weird musical where there's three leads and they all also sing together multiple times it's like that doesn't happen much yeah yeah i like that a lot and i love their voices sound really good together it's also so of a time it's just like so late 90s it's so oh so like so kind of kind of computer keyboard um yeah synth 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 power ballad rock love it and these voices sound so good together. And here, I don't okay, okay like, let me let me take this vote. I don't think we do this elaborate lives because I think we have to do Miss Heather's elaborate lives. The um, reprise. Oh yeah, the reprise. I, this yeah, is all true. Adam, I mean, so let's see. The original elaborate lives we can skip, except for the fact that I just want to say I love 1999 slash 2000 Adam Pascal's boobies. Love them, love them. Love <laughs> you them. love when you get to see his, when you get to see them titties out. He's got those big titties all just pumped up. He was taking his good steroids when he was doing this. High-waisted pant and a big titty. Mm-hmm. Just showing me those big nipples on those big titties. I, I just looked it. at his Instagram, So if you and he's teaching people how to sing Broadway and rock. So if you want this voice... Uh, I too. I definitely we talked about voice. the titties. <laughs> Can you take your shirt off while I pay for this Zoom sing-along? Um, so y'all, I just want to throw it back real quick. Cause in not me, if you remember, well, were, um, you're like, no! we can't move on. We have to go backwards. But in not me, there's a triangle, right? There's a light, uh, you know, so they're singing and who'd have guessed you'd throw my world away. Um, uh, they do this big triangle. I love which, this. Which goes back to my tattoo, the triangle <laughs> around my tattoo. Oh. Um, there you have it. Hey, anyway. so or so that's some facts. Some facts we need to go back for that. Thank you. But I do You're love. Welcome. I love. This is yeah. This is more of an impre- that not me is more of an impressionistic kind of you know they're singing it but they're in their heads but they all get to be on oh, stage. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I love yeah. it. Anyway, you can move um, on now. Sorry, we can skip like father like son because who cares? No, 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 no. Go back, baby, because this is this is we're not. What we now have to get to is and all to be all and all to be all song of this whole show. Oh shit! Wait, sorry, I skipped two. My bad. Well, no, first get the gods love Nubia. Now this is it. The glorious creation. The most glorious creation. This is. This is in the books. Mm. This is in the top five for me. This, I, you cannot celebrate this song enough. I, it's perfect. Nick. It's a pride right. anthem. It it's is a, a pride anthem it is a for pride the Nubian anthem. people. The tears of Nubia a passing apparition. They wash into the river and they never cried again. is so crazy on this and this is just like this whole this, this runs up to the intermission right this and then easy as a life oh yeah oh yeah we're getting we're getting close you know what i love about all this is that you know we were talking about how this had a couple of lives before it went to broadway and how you could tell you know that's what i love about musicals is that they work each song so that for optimal emotions optimal uh you know uh musicality and 
what they give to this number, I think is just the greatest life affirming. um, And this is where, this is where the, what is it that meets the road? Rubber. That's that right. It's where the rubber meets the road. This is where greatness meets, <laughs> this is where greatness meets greatness here. I because I, she realizes that Ramades, who she's falling in love with, has captured her father, the Nubian king, mm-hmm. and she has to choose my people and my kingdom or my love. And she knows she can't have them both. And the There's, people are like, choose us, choose us, choose us. Let us sing you a song about it called The Gods Love Nubia. Don't choose that white guy. Choose your tribe. Come on. And it's yeah. beautiful. There's a featured soloist who just blows your mind. Um, oh, what's her name? Hold on. What is her name? We need to it's, celebrate um, her. There's a, real, there's a real version Hold of on this on the Today Show. <laughs> a Today Show performance of The God Loves Nubia, if anyone wants to catch it. Um, she's so good. Oh, uh, Shell Williams. Yes. Um, um, yeah. Glorious, glorious, glorious. So good. Is this, this is my favorite number. Is this anyone else's favorite number? No. Nope. nope. Not your favorite number. Okay. I mean, it's up there for you. I mean, for me, it's, um, um, you will know uh, when you the past to. is another land and, um, um, I know the truth. Numbers. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though mm-hmm. Nick almost ruined, I know the truth. Okay, and then we have an Adam Pascal song that we'll skip, and then "Easy as a Life," the oh. act one, which is such an interesting title because I am finding, at least for myself right now, that life isn't very easy. <laughs> yes, you're, 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 this wouldn't play well now. I just don't think a life is an easy thing, but maybe she's being ironic. I no, found a lot it, of stuff. When when we talk about elaborate lives, I don't know if anyone was re-listening to this and relating to some times that we're in and some of the messages Mm. that were coming forth to me, but... But can you explain to me Easy as a Life as a lyric? (laughs) No. Um, Yeah, of course I can. Of course I can. It goes a little bit like this. Walk me through it. She's like, she starts it off by saying, This is the moment when the gods expect me to beg for help. But I won't even try I want nothing in the world but myself To protect me And I won't lie down Roll over and die All I have to do is forget how much I love him All I have to do Is put my longing to one side Tell myself that love's An ever-changing situation Passion would have cooled And all the magic would have died It's easy so she's terrified right she's in this moment where she's like my tribe my love my heart my soul my potential do i stay in hiding or do i be the princess that i'm supposed to be and the the choice is easy it's easy as your whole life but then i see the faces of a warm defeated people a father and a nation who Gods. We're all the thankful through the ages. 
Easy as like, it's My ironic. Whole life as Heather Hathaway's intensity is so amazing. I didn't get that when we were younger, and also I feel like when you used to sing it, you would say it's easy as a lie. I did. It's easy. <laughs> because here's another thing. Oh. Um, in 2000, um, the press office who's doing uh, press for Aida got Heather Headley on every show, Rosie O'Donnell's show, um, on mm. every show, and it was always easy as a life. And I just imagine, like, that is a really fucking hard song. And it's a yeah. really hard song to do out of context, but somehow, because her performance was so good, it was the easy choice to be like, throw her out there doing that and people are going to buy a ticket to see this show mm-hmm. because it's acting gymnastics and vocal acrobatics all at the same time and they do a cut version when they do the press and it still works you know how many times you see like a press performance and you're like it didn't really translate that solo right. specifically right. solos you know it's never a good idea for a broadway musical to send a solo out there unless it's uh for freaking Heather Headley doing this. I just got a text from my husband saying, I hope you're on the phone with America's Got Theater Queen's talent. Otherwise, I'm embarrassed for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think this was when we were looking up a name, but I, um, they, I, I, I saw a performance of uh, the cast doing The Gods Love Nubia on the Today Show. So that was like at a yeah. cute 8 a.m., The Gods Love Nubia. If you really Ooh. want to see like a cold outside version of that is it is it who is it is it arcady couric or ann curry i in my mind it's arcady it's arcady it's 2000 it's arcady it's still deep katie watch a little arcadia watch easy as a life on rosie o'donnell Mm. rosie we okay give it up to rosie okay here we go here we go okay so now we're skipping skipping the next like four songs until the ultimate written in the stars the fucking song of the show is this your song nick this is not my song. <laughs> no, it's a song though. You it's, know whose song it was though? Is Elton John and Leanne Rimes' song? I got so yes. deep. I got so deep into Leanne Rimes last night. It was a hole I wasn't prepared to go down. But oh lord, <laughs> he woo! It's dark. This is dark. He picked a straight up eighteen year old to sing with him for this. A oh. song, which is a deep love song, and he was a hot like sixty eight at the time. I'm here to tell you, we can never meet again simple really isn't it a word or two and then a lifetime of not knowing where or how or why or when you think of me or speak of me or wonder what befell to someone you once loved so long ago, so well, 
They made a video of this, and in the on the Wikipedia page of the video of the um, write up of the video, it says this: Rhymes was shown in colder, more heavenly backdrops. John was given warmer backdrops, as in a milder depiction of hell. That's all it says about the music video. <laughs> also, in the music video, there's like really? there's a mermaid and a merman like falling in love. Nick, you would love it. It's Nick love loves mermaids. It's supposed to depict lovers that can't be. Mm. Yeah, See, no shit. That's what the song's yeah. about. And that's why he picked uh, Liam Rhymes. I love this song so much. And Nick, you talked about this earlier with like you because Heather Headley is such a good actress. You buy her attraction to you buy like. You, she helps the the problematic play move forward because, and you feel in such good hands with her. By the time you get to now, remember she's just seeing saying um, "Easy as a Life" at the end of Act uh, Act Two. We're now into Act uh, end of Act One. Now we're into Act Two. There's a bunch of boring male songs about war, and you gotta you gotta you know I'm gonna war war kill them kill them. And then she does this like song written in the stars where it is she's like writhing on his chest and like mm-hmm. bending over and you can feel this like her 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 like animal spirit attraction de- 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 willing to give her own life for her love to this man she writhes while singing these songs and they are in each other's faces and it is so sexy nothing can be altered there is nothing to decide no escape no change of heart nor any place to hide oh you are all i ever want but this i am denied sometimes in my darkest thoughts i wish i'd never learned what it is to be in love and have that love returned Are we paying for some crime? Is that all that we are good for? To some stretch of all of Okay, so the next song though, so Sherry Renee Scott overhears them singing Written in the Stars and she's like, wait, now <laughs> wait, wait, I know wait. The truth. Yeah, she walks in on them writing mm-hmm. it in the stars, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um now if I could cut an album, I'd cut this track. Like I would I would you this is your song? I think that this is so, such a story, so sexy. Um oh I love it. I this is my song. This is like <laughs> These my... should have been my times. It's over, it never began. This should have been my time. It's over, it never began. That was the phrase he would sing over and over and over. And I would I mean, sing it like this. I would sing it like a little Dolly Parton lilt. I would go... This should have been my time. Said it's over. Adding licks that didn't exist. Just Never like in a circle. Began. And oh, yeah. I would have to go and hide in someone else's dorm room for like I would have to go to Mariah's dorm room and like try to sleep there. Okay, I I would cut this and I can't I cannot even carry a tune. Nick, you have to you should cut this. Come on, we have all the time <laughs> in the world now. This is your time. I mean, but listening to that line, I think about it right now. Like 
I mean, I don't know something about like, this should have been my time. It never was, but it, it's never mm, going to it be. Never I'm like, began. it's, this is, I'm feeling this right now. <laughs> like, is it a Here's- twist in my fate? Like what's happening to my life right now? I tried to blame it on fortune, some kind of twist in my fate, but I know the truth and it haunts me. Yeah. Here's here's what I got to say about this also. This song is directed and uh, uh, so beautifully. She obviously um, stumbles upon them writing it in the stars, if you know what I mean. Um, and so she's like, oh, um, how have I come to this? How did I slip and fall? It starts off very like, shit. How did I throw half a lifetime away without even thought at all? Um, <laughs> so it gets very, she, you know, she's like, re- you know, we're going to play the songs in here too. Oh yeah. So but I don't, do we need to, do we need to, I don't know if we need um, to, even need to. but about halfway through, I remember watching this the second time. And of course the little actresses are zipping her dress up and pretending to sew it. But I was like, that is so cool. So her handmaids sew her into her wedding dress. And the last thing they do is put the veil down and she sings the last stanza on the way to her wedding. Oh, I know the truth and it mocks me. I know the truth and it shocks me. I learned it a little too late. This is actually the best dress. I've never seen this dress because I never saw the musical, but this is the best. This is like, she was like they, a beehive, like a beehive net all around her. It's very. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, it's gorgeous. She could I go to a this. beehive and she could, she could do some, uh, she could she do some. She told you it was going to be her strongest suit. This is a white lady who can <laughs> sing the blues. Sherry Renee Scott can yes, sing, this yes. Ha- sing the house down on this song. Okay, but the next song, let me tell you, is the song that could be is, my lip sync for my life what? song, which is the elaborate lives reprise. I'm sorry, this is the COVID, this is the COVID moment here. I had to pull up the li- I had to pull up the lyrics, but now I realize I don't need to do that. You don't need them because we have Nick Mayo, the lyric, the human lyric book. Sorry. We all need such elaborate lives. Wild ambitions in the sands of an affair of the heart survives days apart and hurried Seems quite unbelievable to me. I don't want to live like that. Seems quite unbelievable to me. I don't want to love like that. 
I just wanna time to be slower and gentler, wiser, free. Yeah, because 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 the, the the Egyptian queen and she's like, hey, listen, I really loved my slave. I was gonna marry Rodimus, but it's not gonna happen. Their love is written in the stars, but it's gonna be written in a cave. I really want to push that. Like, let's let them suffocate together. Mm-hmm. We're gonna bury them alive. Which is, I, you know what? You know what? I don't want. I don't want to be buried alive. Hot no, take. no, I don't want. I have a hot question. take. I have a question because you two are my two best friends which one of you wants to be buried alive with me i will <laughs> oh don't like rush <laughs> sorry i was taking a drink of water um well i guess i can't because nick's going babe nick's going so Girl, that takes you know i won't you know I won't even go caving. I'm not going to get buried alive. With oh, I'm not going to no, get buried no alive. I'm not splunking. I'm not caving. I would get. Oh. I would get buried. I would. I would get trapped on an island with you. You would do most oh, of the fun. work. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> true. I would. <laughs> Ridiculous. Nick would um, be like, so, "Stop laying down." <laughs> so they get sentenced to death and they die in a cave. They sure. Okay, yeah, but they get buried on. But let's get on these lines of elaborate lives because I, so this is, I, I've read somewhere that this was like Elton John's kind of magnum opus kind of uh, depicting his, a, a lot of his stuff. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. a, a kind of an encapsulation of his life and about slowing down. He wanted to get buried in a cave. Oh, oh, you know what's my favorite line, line of this? And it's all, it, it's repeated throughout the whole thing is. I just want to be. This one kills me. And because they still go to their death cave wanting to have sex with each other. They're so attracted to each other. They love each mm-hmm. other so much. That well, he's even... got those big he's got those big titties. Yeah. But they put some handcuffs on him, which I don't think handcuffs existed back then, but they did it in Disney. Um, and then um, they put him in the they put him in the in the in the hole to get buried together, and they're still writhing on each other like feral cats. I'm obsessed with this line. We only Extravagant times playing games we can't all win intended emotional crimes take some out take others in Right now, that line, playing games we can't all win, and how extravagant our lives have been, and how much we try to fill it with nonsense and bullshit, and now we're hit with the world and what's going on, and all of that nonsense, and all of that bullshit is 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 exactly all that. It's nothing. You yeah. know, like, it's nothing. Like, oh, if we don't have love, if we, if we don't have, you know, th- this whole thing is just a facade. And this song really kind of breaks it down. And she literally says, I'm so tired of all we're going through. I'm so tired of all we're going through. I don't want to 
And yeah, I mean, I'd never, I don't really feel that way beyond anyone. <clears throat> Anyways, um, but I do feel that way about you know other. Uh, what's next? You won't even get buried with me. <laughs> well, I think Nick was right. I don't want to get buried. I don't want to get buried, babe. Yeah, I don't want to get buried. But if I was gonna do it, I'd do it with you. But then they go into the cave because also, let me just say, M. Nera sends them to, they get sentenced to the cave and she. Yeah, this is my favorite thing about M. Nera is she's like, kill them both. No, but, yeah. she, that, but that was her, she wanted move. them together because that was her gift. Well, because they weren't yeah, going to be but, able to be buried but in without the same oxygen. Tomb. Yeah. But they're like, she's like, no, let them die together, which is very charitable of old Sherry Renee to advocate for them it. being buried together. So there's after their live, live uh, reprise, they sing enchantment passing through reprise in the mm-hmm. cave while they're dying. Yes. It's, Which I also love. I love it's supposed to be beautiful, but I, mm, nope. You don't me. like that number? Well, because it's literally the cave shutting. It yeah, just kind yeah. of oh, gives yeah. me. It's, mm. it's horrible. It's scary. It they, they're the dying. Yeah. And then the light goes out. The last thing you see is the light go out. And then there's a two-second transition. I don't know how they do these costume changes, but then we're back in the museum from the top mm-hmm. of the play. And old Sherry Renee is doing a reprise. I love three reprises <laughs> in a row. Three, reprise, 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 reprise. And she's telling you like... And this story And my journey And the lesson They provide Draw their strength and inspiration from a love that never died. What did she say? I'm sorry. What's the what's the what is what is the lyrics? And then what did they? And then what's the moral of the story? Is you realize they. Aida and Ramadis have been reincarnated as modern day gap wearing gap museum goers and yeah. they find each other again. And they get to so see the, last the thing... person that killed them. They get to go and yeah. walk around and be like, hey, you. The hey, last bitch. thing you see and is, like, hey, bitch, you're in a box. <laughs> hey, bitch, now it's in the box, bitch. <laughs> Look who's in the now box. Who's now who's in the now, bitch. <laughs> basically, basically, what you learn in this musical is that you can die because you'll find them in the museum. Right. No. You can die and then fast forward and you're fine people in the museum because that's how the afterlife works. That is how I did think. I did think like, oh, I just have to go to a, like a museum or a coffee shop and I will fall in love. Yeah, Man, Hollywood really sold us that in the late 90s, too. Like they either kept a telling chat us room or a coffee shop and we were going to fall in love. Yeah, I went to all of them. It didn't really <laughs> work for me. I had some good I had some good sex based on that I, idea. Nothing but, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Um, y'all, this musical is so, so miraculously flawed, but without the two divas that like anchor it and, and make it sing, it makes it a masterpiece. Heather Headley and Cherry Renee Scott make this truly one of my favorite musicals because of those performances, because of those voices, because of the commitment. It, 
it works. It played every, every, every string of my heart. And they, I creeped uh, Sherry Renee Scott out once when we went to see Debbie Does Dallas, when she was doing Debbie Does oh, Dallas. Yeah, I, remember I had, I had far too much red wine and I spilt it down my white shirt. And then after the show, I needed to stay after her and show her my Aida tattoo, which meant I me pulling there. down my pants and showing her my pubes. Mm-hmm. And she was, I was like, there. I remember that. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> um, I just love it. This I isn't it red so wine. Much. It's blood. It's blood. It's blood. <laughs> I loved it oh, so she's much. She's a really nice, nice I, woman. I also think she's become a great playwright and she's yeah. in plays. She's not just in musicals. She writes really cool plays and music record for producer, herself. Ghostlight Records. She's so smart. Oh, and I also Sharon think it's so hard uh, from as as you boy as you as you boys know for musicals to kind of push forward and make a stamp so hard. It takes so long to get them produced. They have to go through so many different workshops. And I really think it is on those two performances that this musical has lived so long. I mean, it was on Broadway, what, for four years? It recouped its investment. Um, It was considered a success. It obviously wasn't in the shadows of beauty and the beast and lion King. Um, it was, uh, you know, it was a hard, hard one to measure up, but it financially recouped and made money. It's such a great vehicle too for big superstars like Tony Braxton and Michelle Cox, Williams. Michelle Williams to just jump in. Nick, do you want some tea? Um, yeah, I think. Um, do you know who is gonna who they were trying to option for the movie for this? No, Beyonce and Christina Aguilera in two thousand seven. It, it's obviously dead. That was a while ago, but 2007. That would have been amazing. This is, that would have been amazing. That's actually really, really, really cool. That's really cool. I mean, I, I would have loved liked an Egyptian or Middle Eastern person, but yeah, I'd love Extina. I really, really like that idea. Yeah. Here's another thing, y'all. I don't know if we have talked to this, talked about this leading up to it. You know that there's heavy, heavy, substantial talks about a revival of Aida to come back to Broadway. I'm for who? Pre-COVID. I can't, uh, I don't know. But it's directed by, hold on one second, I'll get it. Y'all talk about something cute. Okay, well, um, after you spill us this tea, after you find it, I think we should uh, wrap up and tell them that we're going to discuss The Bodyguard and Deborah Cox and a bunch of things on the Patreon. You don't think we should okay, go out so, with Deborah Cox? Oh yeah, we'll go out with Deborah Cox. So well. original Broadway cast member, uh, Sheila Williams, the soloist who you mentioned, yeah. uh, will is directing um, the production uh, for 2021 start. As we know that that's uh, all going to be different. and, uh, and But they of, haven't said who's in the cast? There's a North American tour that was uh, proposed to launch in 2021. Um, and it'd be directed by, uh, that Shell Williams and there's no casting announced cause that happened right before, uh, the pandemic. COVID. Oh, you know who else played Aida, who I would have loved to see do it is Merle Dandridge. Yeah. That would have been I cool. Love, that's who you saw Jason play, uh, Papa Gay in the recent Once on this Island revival. Mm, amazing. She gives you body, yada, yada. Yeah. She's amazing. Merle Dandridge. Um, um, uh, I'm so jazzed on this musical. This has been really fun to 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 visit it. Well, let's go up. We're going to go out on the Deborah Cox uh, dance remix of uh, Easy as a Life. What do you have to say about it? I want to sweat to it. Ooh, that's sexy. <laughs> I want to dance sexy. to it.
I mean, um, Deborah Cox really rode this Aida train in a big way when she, she was in it. She did. She did. Um, this was actually, I do remember being out at bars and hearing this come on and be like, ah, oh, this isn't Heather Headley. And then I fell in love with it. So I love it. And you would hear it at G Lounge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was one of the only pop songs that I understood and knew. I was like, oh, I know this one because it's not. <laughs> what a pop was song. a three floor gate, like, like, like queer as folk gay bar in new york it was three splash 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 yeah this would make its way to splash it was a little bit before my time i'm sure she performed this live at splash oh yeah or at least lip sync because obviously i think what we did we forgot to mention is that i came to this musical as a baby and you all were fully grown jaded you know men so i think that that's something that always should be mentioned we were juniors or seniors in high school and i was but I was in fifth grade, I you think. Like a sophomore or freshman. No. Fully grown, jaded men. Well done, Jay. <laughs> um, uh, also, we're going to keep talking. We're going to keep recording. And we're going to talk about Heather Headley's uh, 2012 West End musical, The Bodyguard, where she covers all of our Whitney tunes. But that is only available for who, Jay? Who can listen to that? <clears throat> People who pay. The Gatrons, that's right. <laughs> the Patreons. It's actually going to be fabulous. We're really getting into these, so come on over. There's going to be a lot and of I love. I just have to say, I have. I'm a new Patreon, and I love the bonus content. I love the oh. extra features. Everyone should be a Patreon because uh, you really do get cool shit. Insider yeah, perks. You. We make all of so our guests over. become Patreons. So <laughs> we do. It's the main way. It's the main way that we um no, it's a good way for you guys to just support the podcast Absolutely. that we give to you every week for free with no advertising. And um it helps us just keep up the basic costs and gets us to rent all of these weird movies that we cover for you. That is so thank the T. Nick and I are having patrons. to rent a lot of movies for you kids. <laughs> Listen we to the Larry a lot Crown. Of rare Pam Greer movies <laughs> for y'all. So uh, we love you. Thanks love you. for listening. Thank you, Nick. This was um, amazing. You're the master of Aida. Thank you for you're coming. Master on. of Aida. I'm going to take both of you and bury you alive with me. Oh. Um, but I'm not going to tell you when, so it'll be a surprise. Or where? <laughs> but Nick, if you don't like your fate, change it. <laughs> I know. I'm going to get it tattooed on my forearm. Okay, we love you, everyone. Have a great week. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Bye. bye. All I have say bye, to Jay. do I can't, I can't. is forget how much I love you.